Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz Grease, with my co-host, the Buck Rundle, bringing you new and interesting stories from all points of this beautiful globe. If you're watching us live on our YouTube channel for this uh, we don't, don't typically do it live, but we're doing it live this time. Give it a try. Uh, we did have some technical difficulties there at the beginning. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. Buck, how you been this week? I have been fan-freaking-tastic, Raz. Fan-freaking-tastic. I just, uh, I hope I can reduce my own anxiety level right now, because since we're recording live, now I'm, like, worried that my dogs are going to kirk out or something, but whatever. I'm always worried that there's going to be kids knocking on the door. They always do. Can I have a piece of candy? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. That's why we're just trying it out. But no, my my week's been good, man. Uh, went to... Shit, I don't even remember where I went. Well, I went somewhere and I had an okay time. <laughs> uh, so I, with, with, I was at work this week, if uh, someone gets put on like a light duty or something... Uh, typically, I find some place for them to work. Well, I had somebody go on light duty this week, and I took it upon myself. So, you know what? I'm going to be a little greedy about this. Uh, I need my offices painted. <laughs> so, my entire department got painted. <laughs> so, my offices look nice. brand spanking new. Uh, and we're taking an old office, turning it into a break room. So, as soon as the podcast is over, I'm going to go check on that. But I I wasn't going to tell this guy, hey, you're going to go forth and give you back-breaking labor. Uh, I, I spent all week painting and running back and forth to my phone and my computer, and it has just been an exhausting week. And then to combine everything, I was teaching uh, at the Pro Wrestling Academy I've been going to last night. I woke up this morning, I could barely freaking move, and I, I realized how out of shape and old I actually am getting. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're old, Raz. I, I just don't. I think you're experienced. <laughs> Seasoned, if they will. <laughs> that, you know, that's, you can't put a finer point on it, man. I mean, like, we, you, you make it so far in life and you just get to sit back and go, yep, got my anniversary medal. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm in it for. Well, see, I, I think just everything's redistributing on me right now. Like, everything's going to the midsection, and the hair's coming off the top, and it's coming out the ears. Yeah, you know, I'm getting old. I know it. Uh, and I think you... Man, I, I, I just started growing hair on my freaking chin, and you're complaining about losing hair on your head? We're, we're like two weeks apart in age. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's get to the news at hand, and we got some really bizarre ones this week, Buck, let me tell you. Uh, this is being reported by News 7 Miami. Over 100 guests forced out of their Orlando area hotel as it abruptly closes. Have you heard about this yet? Only only from the uh, little blurbs that we got from, uh, from our submissions, you know, but uh, again, I can't click on the article and read it, so I've, o- I've only seen the headline. Well... There's a couple YouTubers that I watch that are, are attorneys that that they comment on interesting cases, and that's how I found this one. I, I immediately told Sadar, "You got to find this article," uh, and I haven't read the article yet, but I, you know I've have heard um, from the legal side of this, and it, it's actually kind of funny. But um, just 
what would you think would cause a hundred guests to get kicked out of a hotel? Drug related. I'm gonna say, just 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 based on the nature of where it is. You said it's a Miami, Florida, right? Miami, Florida during spring break, which is a very important factor in this. Ooh, ooh. So drugs might not be the uh, number one go to. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, Spring breaker hijinks. Gone awry. Well, you would be wrong. Uh, guest employees of the Central Florida Hotel got a rude awakening after finding they had to leave. More than 100 people who were staying at the Champions World Resort outside Orlando had to pack up their, their bags and leave on Friday after they were told that the hotel had been sold. Guests like Victoria Oquando, I think, uh, were not happy <laughs> with the sudden announcement. Well, I should think not. Uh, she was like, you guys have to pack your stuff and leave. Uh, you guys have until 4, four o'clock. The property is sold. They didn't give us any notice or anything. You know, that's not right. I had to add a little embellishment on there. Employees at the resort lost their jobs with very little notice. Champion's new owner shut off power to hotel and forced everyone out, hoping to stay put. Guests will receive a refund. And that's actually a little bit of a... a, a that last sentence, guests will receive a refund. Kinda. So I, I've been, I, I've said, I've, I've been, I listened to the attorneys that are covering this, and this is hilarious. The, the hotel sold, and the, the the next like that that day, they called the staff up and said, as of four o'clock, you're fired. You have, and I'm, and before you leave, we need you to throw out all the guests. I mean, yeah. I'd have, I'd have just walked. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd have been like, whoa, 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 you want to literally send me in to get like shoot the messenger shot, and you're gonna fire me at the same now. I, I, I'm not even gonna lock the doors on the way out, pal. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the keys on the desk. Goodbye. And I might take the computer <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah. So. You and I used to live in a town that had a Shoney's. Do you remember the Shoney's? Oh my god, I hated that freaking place. Yes, I, yes. Hate, I hated the Shoney's too. But did you remember when that Shoney's closed, how that went down? I don't remember how it went down, but I remember the, you know... The employees showed, <laughs> the employees showed up first thing in the morning, and there was a note on the door saying that, that the location had been closed, and everyone is terminated. <laughs> they didn't even freaking tell them. They just put a note on the door and changed the locks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 a uh, that's a very unique style of messed up there, Raz. It is. Uh, now, another point on this: you and I have both dealt with um, buying and selling property. Uh, it's been a while, but I, I do remember that when I was buying my house and selling my house, it took it, it took a couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, like the right there was writing on the wall. Yeah, like I had plenty of time to you know to to, to get a strategy together and like so I, I can't imagine that commercial property, especially high value commercial property, is any faster. So people knew this was coming. They just chose not to tell the employees, and they also didn't bother to like maybe not take any freaking bookings. 
Yeah, see, that's that's the that's the most obtuse part of this to me, man. Like, why would you even why would you even accept reservations? You know, like you said, you can't go to a grocery store and buy a freaking house. It takes more than one day. It takes it yeah. just does. And you know, you know, they, they said in the article that about more than a hundred people. Now, most of those were multiple people in single rooms. So it's actually about 50 or 60 rooms that were booked. This is actually, this is not a huge hotel. But they're very expensive rooms because this was occurring during spring break. So they tell all these people, you have until 4 o'clock to get out. Where are they going to go? Spring, there's no hotels to be had during spring break. These reservations were made months, months in advance. Uh, there's one one family of uh, 15 people that literally were just told, okay, get out. And they still had like four days until their flight's home. And where are they going to go? Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's absurd. Now, when it says at the end... Where are they gonna, well, my question is, is, who would be held responsible? The, uh, I'm glad you asked. That's, like, a, that's who, an excellent who's, segue. Who's held responsible? That's an excellent, excellent question, because in the cases of some of the uh, the guests who booked through uh, online services like Expedia or, or Travelocity or Hotels.com, that kind of thing, they will receive refunds in theory, but a lot of them have disclaimers in their terms of service that says, we're not responsible for the hotel, we are just the intermediary person doing the booking. So then it comes down to, well, who do you sue? Do you sue the booking agency? Do you sue the former owner? Or do you sue the current owner? Because the current owner didn't make the booking. The former owner is going to put it on the booking agency. And the booking agency is going to put it on the former owner. It is literally going to have to take... And what most of the attorneys are saying is it's going to take a class action against all three parties or yeah, all three parties to tr and try to just sort it out. Um, that now a lot of the booking, not all of them, but a lot of the booking agencies have already said that yeah, we're, we're just going to refund it. Um, cause they can just do a charge back, but not all of them have. And the ones that booked directly with the, uh, the former owner, well now they can't even, you know, they're, they're like, well, what about our money back? And the current owner's like, well, you didn't make that deal with us. So it's it's right. It's it's a it's a quagmire. Well, I mean, you know, wouldn't I? I would. It re, it really seems that way, man. I and I would imagine that, you know, if they book directly with the former owner, or the the hotel, like then they would be held responsible. But what if they're bankrupt? Well, I don't know. They must have just. Know, they must. Those, they must have just had people, an influx of cash. People are now out money. Yeah. So, but even if you, even if you are going to get a refund eventually, the the term on there is eventually because you're not going to get it today. So, what do you do in the meantime? Now you're stuck in in Miami. Obviously, you're not from there. You won't be staying at the hotel. You got nowhere to go because there's no hotels, and you don't have the money to try to do anything because you've spent all your money on the hotel. So, what do you do? I mean, it's it's yeah. like it's unconscionable. I mean, like, not even you can't even make a national lampoons movie out of that. It's it's kind of unconscionable the way they did this. It really is. But yeah, that 
you can't even be mad at the new owners because we don't know if they, I mean, obviously the new owner said they wanted everybody out, but they may have been told the hotel was closed. They don't know. Uh, I think there's a lot of guilty parties here. I just don't know who is the one that you actually point the finger at. I'm just glad that I'm not the one that needs to wade through that shit blizzard to try to figure it out. That's that's all I'm happy for, buddy. Very well indeed. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Kansas. Suspect, 23, leads Kansas cops on 100-mile-per-hour chase in stolen patrol car with his hands handcuffed behind his back. This is actually being reported out of the U.K., um from the daily mail it, it when the uk starts reporting on stories that are happening in the united states you know that th- this is the, this is this is the countries laughing at us <laughs> yeah a handcuffed suspect led kansas police on a 100 mile per hour chase in a stolen patrol car over the weekend kansas highway patrol identified the suspect as 23 year old joshua d swatsworth or swatwout Come on, usually the guys from Florida are easy to pronounce. Uh, he's out of Naples, Florida. In a statement to KHP, said an officer was transporting SWATs out to a detention facility around noon on Saturday after he had been arrested following a pursuit that involved a stolen vehicle. The trooper then witnessed a motorcycle crash on Highway 25 near Atwood, Kansas, and stopped to render aid. Authorities said while the trooper was assisting the crash victim, SWAT out gained control of the officer's patrol car and drove off at a high rate of speed. Other KHP troops and local units that pursued the patrol car on K-25 and onto Interstate 70. About 30 minutes later, the vehicle came to a stop at milepost 31 near Edison, Kansas, after the patrol car ran out of fuel. Authorities said SWAT out, uh, who had still been handcuffed behind his back, fled on foot but was quickly apprehended. He was arrested and taken to Sherman County Jail without further incident. No one was injured during the incident, police said, adding that it was also no damage to the patrol car. Trooper Todd Heilman, a spokesman for KHB, told ABC News that he didn't ask Swatsworth how he operated the vehicle while being handcuffed. But Heilman said, At a high-speed pursuit driving instructor for 20 years, I can only assume he was using his knees. Hyman also noted that SWAT out was sitting in the front seat of the car because the vehicle had been not had not been equipped with a rear seat cage. While speaking of, speaking about the trooper stopping to help the motorcycle crash victim, Heilman told ABC, "We don't normally do that, but this trooper saw the accident occur right in front of him, and it was in a rural area. Being tra- tr- uh, trained as a highway patrol trooper is ingrained to you that you need to help." Okie doke. Let's let's take that from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. So you you get a suspect who is already leading you on a hundred mile per hour chase, and you catch him, and your first inclination is to put him in uh, a patrol vehicle that doesn't have a cage. Brilliant. That's a brilliant yes. one. Brilliant. The guy's already a forcible felon, and you're just going to say, hop in, dude. We're going for a ride. Uh, furthermore, uh, they even admit that he was put in the front seat. Why? Why? If you're, yeah. if you're, if, if, if you're, dry, let's, let's, let's go back in time, Buck. If you're transporting a suspect and you are by yourself, where do you put said suspect? In the rear 
of the vehicle in the back seat. Where at? In, in the, the back, back seat. Pass- in back passenger side. Back passenger side. If you're transporting with two people, uh, you and a partner, where do you put said suspect? I'm sorry. What? If if, if you and I are transporting them together, and we're going to uh, put an individual in the vehicle and take them to prison, where do we seat them? I was never on the transport team. I don't know this answer. Okay. Well, if if you're by yourself, you put them in the in the rear passenger. If you are together, you put them in the rear driver's side. This is ingrained in every law enforcement officer when they're going through the academy. Um, what the hell was this guy thinking? And this guy, I, I would love to know how old the trooper is because a lot of times with troopers, especially, they they believe that they are the gods of law enforcement and can do no wrong. <sighs> but anyway, so this this dude has already tried to evade police, and they're taking him. They've caught him. They're taking him in jail. The trooper sees an accident and stops to help. Then, during the press conference, his, uh, I'm assuming, barracks commander says, that's not something we normally do. Really? If I'm in a car accident and a a state trooper just drives by me without stopping, ooh, ooh, that's going, that's that's going on social media, that's going to the news, you know, that the police are ignoring the play. You need to stop, you douche canoe. That's your job. Now, if you have a suspect in the vehicle, mm, at least you could radio it in. Um, But again, if you hadn't been transporting somebody without a cage in your vehicle like an idiot, you wouldn't have had that problem regardless. Anyhow. Right. But this guy's already been trying to evade you, and now you leave him in the vehicle, and apparently you left the damn keys in the car. Win-win. probably left it running. He probably left it running. Uh, so dude gets over into the driver's seat and we're going for a drive, folks. A hundred miles per hour. We're using our knees. I, I think the guy needs an award. Not for, that being, is some, not for being a douchebag, but for actually being that's able to drive away <laughs> using his knees, hands cuffed behind his back and still leading pe- the police on a high speed pursuit. That's pretty impressive. I, I would have to give that guy a gold star and a smiley face next to his name on a driver's exam. That's for sure. Auburndale, Florida. Auburndale Police Department are seeking assistance from the public in identifying a suspect in a criminal mischief case. On August 28th, while the victim was at work, an unidentified white male cut down eight palm trees and one live oak tree at the victim's residence. After exiting the vehicle, picture below a mid-2000 Chevy Coupe with black rims. Any information would be appreciated in identifying the suspect. You can call blah, blah, blah. So... The dude, he's wearing like a black hat and black ski mask. He comes up, parks his car, gets out, and he's got this little, little baby chainsaw. And he just rolls in and cuts down this guy's trees and leaves. What do you do when you come home? All your trees are allowed, like just laying in your yard. He, he didn't take them. And you look at your surveillance footage and you see this, this dude gets out of the car, cuts down your trees and rolls. What do you say to that? How, how do you, When you call the police, how do you make that... How do you make that call? You know, 911, you have an emergency. Um, somebody cut down my trees. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how long have you been working in the dispatcher? Because this might be something very unique. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, do you even like have words for that? You're like, what the actual hell? 
And then you could hear your neighbors go, why didn't you say anything? <laughs> yeah, like, that is a very good question, Raz. Where where the hell were the neighbors? I mean, even Either if... that or this guy must be like a real freaking like lumberjack with that chainsaw. I mean, like, who knows? Yeah. Definitely an odd, an odd situation. <laughs> but speaking of trees... This is being reported by NBC2 News. Naked man hip thrusts Lehigh Acres tree before punching deputy in the face. Yeah. Lehigh Acres, Florida. A man accused of wandering naked around Lehigh Acres and pounding on doors on Arthur Avenue, according to Lee County Sheriff's Office. Alonzo Sanchez, 21, was allegedly high on drugs. Well, you don't say. (laughs) When deputies found him hugging and hip thrusting a tree. Can we just call it what it is? Dude was fucking a tree. (laughs) Before they arrived on scene, a car had to swerve to keep from hitting Sanchez as he ran into the streets. When deputies tried to apprehend him, Sanchez punched one of them in the face. (laughs) Deputies finally handcuffed him and took him to Lehigh Acres Regional Hospital because of the drugs in his system. Sanchez is facing a charge of battery on a law enforcement officer. He was booked into the Lee County Jail and is still in custody Tuesday afternoon. The deputy involved had minor injuries and will recover. Oh, no, she's in recovery. Got punched in the face. It's not like Thanos did it. (sighs) (laughs) Dear God. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I think we may have a correlation here with the guy from Polk County. Uh, Maybe... (laughs) Maybe this is the tree the guy was fucking. He couldn't. He just had to get rid of it because he couldn't stand to look at it anymore. Or maybe he's trying to get rid. Maybe it was Alonzo Sanchez getting rid of the evidence. You can't prove I humped that tree. Yeah, there's no tree. (laughs) You know, I just seriously concocted like a whole black market tree purchasing ring in my whole head right now. And it played out epically. I wish I wish I had like a live stream recorder in my imagination sometimes. Cause that I mean like there's just <laughs> high on drug well thank you, Columbo. Thank you. No nor okay. guys, humping a tree naked. And wait, 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 like how what position were these officers in to get punched in the face to begin with? Because I'll tell you what. I've never been a cop, but I have worked in a prison, and not once, and not, and I wasn't like in like the dangerous like San Quentin prison either. But it doesn't matter. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't approach an inmate without expecting the minute chance that they might buck on me. You know, it's like, eh, you know, you might want to just have your wits about you. You know, so you're taking a mentally, like, not mentally, but obviously somebody who's you know intoxicated on something and you're just going to approach him like yeah like what 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 what, what?" doesn't matter i can't remember where i was going with that my train of thought derailed good thing (laughs) oh geez (sighs) all right but let's go on over to the timesnownews.com this is a different one Woman finds out her son's bride is her long-lost daughter on their wedding day. Ooh. 
<laughs> a Chinese woman was surprised when she discovered her son's on her son's wedding day that the bride was actually her long-lost daughter. A woman attending her son's wedding was left in tears after she identified the bride as her long-lost daughter. We quit saying long lost, God. Uh, the incident happened in Shuzhou, uh, prov- I can't say pronounce the name of the province, I'm sorry, in China on March 31st. The mother-in-law noticed a birthmark on her new daughter-in-law's hand, which was similar to one that she ha- was on her lost daughter's hand. At least it wasn't long lost. After spotting the birthmark, the woman approached the bride's parents and asked if she'd be adopted over 20 years ago. The bride's family was baffled by the question as it had been a secret. However, they went on to reveal that they had had found a baby girl by the roadside several years ago, whom they brought up as their own daughter. On hearing the story, the bride burst into tears. She wanted to know more about her biological parents. She described the moment of her, the meeting of her biological mother as happier than the wedding day itself. But the story didn't end there. There was more to come. The br- <laughs> the bride was now concerned about marrying her elder brother. However, the mother-in-law yeah. <laughs> However, the mother-in-law revealed there would be no objection to their marriage as the groom was also adopted. <laughs> the mother had adopted a boy after losing all hope of finding her missing daughter. She had searched for her for years but in vain. <laughs> She said that there would be no problem in their marriage as they were not biological siblings. The bride was revealed to have known this and the couple completed their wedding rituals. The wedding guests gave the family their best wishes on their doubly joyous day. Well, I got to give a I got to give a little uh, slow clap to that one. You know, that actually ended on a much you know, I'm 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 satisfied with that ending. I personally, I was hoping for something a little bit more incestuous, you know, tab, <laughs> taboo. You know that that would have really put like a would have really like dabbled the comedic icing, you know, or put the cherry on top of the comedy cake, you know. But whatever, you know. But what? First off, what? What in the damn universe? Like, we're talking China here. They're one. Like 1.8 billion people there. And what are the mathematical odds? <sighs> like, oh, just upon some random pleasant happenstance in a country of 1.6 billion other fucking people. For context, people, if you were to count one number every second without eating, sleeping, or breathing, it would take you like 32 freaking years. To count to a billion. I think it actually, I think it's like 32,000 years, some obtuse shit like that. We're talking those kind of odds. And the one, though, your long lost well, wow, 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 well, daughter is that one. We could actually whittle that down a little bit. Now, this is, this is why I'm saying this. If the mother, we don't know, we're assuming the mother abandoned the child, which. It is not. We we can boohoo on that all we want. We will not though, because uh, culturally it's very different than what uh, we were used to in the West. So don't 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 get hung up on that fact. But they they're not going to go across country to abandon the child. They're going to do it uh, maybe, maybe the next town over, get away from their house a little bit. Um. 
they're going life goes on then that the, the child was found so they, they probably grew up you know 10 miles apart from each other so the, the, the odds come down consistently uh, because you're, you're you're closing the area and I'm getting like <laughs> I'm going from a comedy podcast into like some kind of <laughs> mathematics yeah, class man. here but yeah but in reality I mean two people about the same age um in towns that close together you know schools being as as they are you know maybe they went to the maybe they went to the same high school who knows um snacks not actually all that you know far off i guess um probably you know probably still pretty damn good odds but nevertheless it's not outside the realm of possibility i suppose but the fact that they were getting married th- that that kind of ramps it up a little bit <laughs> Well, folks, uh, this earth-crushing, devastating blow of reality was brought to you today by none other than our very own Raz. I, I, I'm good at mm-hmm. ruining things for Buck. I really am. Uh-huh. If Raz fell in the water right now, the sound it would make is douche. How many, how many things have I ruined in your life just with this podcast? At least eight. <laughs> <laughs> so have you watched any magicians lately <laughs> you've ruined magic for me I kill what you love <laughs> would you like a Mountain Dew no I you know, my children are the ones who suffered that earth shattering little sprinkle of reality Mountain Dew is yeah. orange juice folks <laughs> yep that's uh that my 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 children were the uh victims of a secondhand douchebaggery thanks to that one yes i think i think that instance you called me the screen door on the submarine of life <laughs> yes yes if the ss buck grundle were to sail out of whatever fucking harbor it would be equipped with his very own screen door with embossed with Raz right over top of it. <laughs> well, our next story is reported by the Associated Press. University of Kentucky mistakenly sends out 500,000 acceptance letters. Yeah. Now. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I didn't go to college traditionally. I did all mine online. So I went and applied and was pretty much told, um, we'll send you your acceptance letter in the mail. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there are people out there who, you know, that you, you apply for several colleges with the, the idea like, well, I'm not sure which one's going to get accepted into. I'm not going to get accepted in all of them. So I'm going to apply to five or six and then see which ones call. Right. And you make life's decisions based on that. And you turn down, you know, letters from other colleges because I got this one. I'm going to the University of Kentucky. Well, the University of Kentucky mistakenly sent out acceptance letters to 500,000 high school seniors for a program that usually accepts about three dozen students a year. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. The school followed up with another email less than 24 hours later and apologized for its mistake, citing a technical issue. Please Please tell me this is an IT program. Please tell me this is an IT program. That's what I, that's, that I got, it's gotta be. 
that would make me so happy. Only a handful of those on the prospect list had been admitted to UK University of Kentucky. The vast majority had not, nor had the vast majority of those students expressed an interest in the program. Nevertheless, we regret the communication error and have sent correspondence to all of those that had been contacted, offering our apologies. The acceptance was for this fall in a clinical leadership and management program in the College of Health Sciences. Damn! God, I was really hoping that was an IT program. Or just anything STEM-related, too, would have been great. A very small number, a handful of students who received the acceptance later had expressed interest in this particular program, and all the students who should have been admitted received their acceptance letters. Mrs. Doherty, a senior... I'm sorry, Mary Doherty, a senior from San Antonio, Texas, received the email. I was like, Mom, I just got accepted to the University of Kentucky. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you applied to the University of Kentucky. And I was like, oh, I did not. <laughs> Other students said they had never applied to UK, uh, visited, or even went on its website. I had to Google it just to make sure it was a real college. Like, I've heard of them. <laughs> And the story literally just ends abruptly. But there, there's got to be at least a handful that got screwed over from this. And where did? Yeah. And if they've never even applied or even knew the college was real, how the hell did the college get their email address? Uh huh. That's that's a that's a completely different topic that we could discuss. Privacy issues. They bought that. They bought that. I'll tell you, that's what that's a, that's what college admissions offices do. You know, those those people are selling the school, and they need email addresses, phone numbers, contact information for people to prospect to. You know, it's just it's it's a cold calling list. All they're doing is reaching their hand and they're grabbing a handful of you know whatever data that they have in their little you know privacy violation pool and they throw it up against the wall hoping that something sticks indeed i mean i I do remember like nearing the end of my high school career all of a sudden i was getting letters in the mail about college loans and everything else like how do you there's only one way you know i exist and that's if they got the information from the school dickheads dickheads so uh because we record these uh episodes you know, before uh, in the video format, we have to actually put the name of the episode. We have to choose a name for the episode before we even start. And I didn't even discuss this with you, Buck, and I normally do. But this is episode 45 entitled Diddle Me Elmo. Mm-hmm. I was hoping, I, I submitted this next story. I know where you're going, and I was hoping you would use it. And uh, and I forgive you for not discussing the uh, episode name with me. I was enjoying an awesome sandwich. You were so, and the, well, so we won't go into the rest. But uh, the Detroit Free Press is reporting this out of Oakland. Home inspector caught on nanny cam pleasuring himself with Elmo doll faces charges. Hmm. <laughs> A home inspector caught pleasuring himself with an Elmo doll has been charged with two misdemeanor counts in Rochester Hills District Court. Kevin Wayne Van L- L- Lovin? Leuven? Van Leuven. We're going to go with that. 
59 was arraigned on charges of aggravated indecent exposure and malicious destruction of property under $200. Bond was set at $2,500 cash or surety. What? You're giggling. <laughs> I can only imagine what the property destruction caused. Like, what property did he destroy and how did he maliciously do it? I, I, did you want the Elmo doll back? I'm just saying, like, that must have been some serious freaking beating off. <laughs> I don't, dude, if he was fucking Elmo, do you want Elmo back? What amount of washing before Elmo goes back on your kid's bed? I'm just saying he must have been doing it pretty violently if they're going to categorize it as malicious destruction of property. The charges stem from a March 12th incident in Oxford Township when homeowners asked to have their property inspected at the request of a buyer's. A nursery cam detected movement, uh, the news release said, as the 22-year-old homeowner checked her phone and caught Van Leuven in the act. In the act. After he finished pleasuring himself, he returned the doll to its original place. <laughs> Just when I thought I had seen it all, someone steps up and surprises me with a new level of disturbing actions. That that really could be like the subtitle for our entire show. <laughs> yeah. When officers questioned him about the incident, Van Leuven said he moved the doll to check for an electrical outlet, but made incriminating statements and apologized after he was told the nursery <laughs> told about the nursery camera. Van Leuven is now approved is now is not allowed to be alone in a home that is not his may not contact the homeowners and is required to undergo a mental health evaluation <laughs> the next appearance is scheduled for April 19th in the news release uh some the boncard I don't know who this is said this is a disgusting reminder to be cautious about who you let into your home the actions of these homeowners will likely prevent this defendant from going into anyone else's home Okay, let's let's go back up here for a second. Yeah. I want to know, was he, first off, was he fucking Elmo? Or was he sniffing Elmo? I mean, what was he doing? The doll said, tickle me. I was just obliging. I was just <laughs> obliging. So the, the, the charges that we get in here are aggravated indecent exposure. Okay. He must have been frowning. I mean, he. I don't see that charge sticking. If we're gonna if we're gonna play the advocate here, uh, I don't see that charge sticking because it was a hidden camera. He didn't know he was being watched, and and if order to be aggravated, there has to be intent. So I, I don't see that charge sticking. Now the malicious destruction of property under two hundred dollars. Absolutely, whether he. <laughs> I'm assuming that he. Pent Elmo over the chair or something. Yeah, man, he violated Elmo. He didn't just tickle him. <laughs> he was tickling him all up inside. Took Elmo to Brown Town. I mean, in all seriousness, what the hell, man? <laughs> Obviously, it, it's it's a fetish, and sometimes fetishes are. Not just something for sexual gratification. They are oftentimes, not oftentimes, but sometimes rather a, uh, a uh, something you just can't, I, I don't want to classify it as a mental illness. It's something that they're just unable to. A, a compulsion. Achieve. It's a compulsion that they're unable to see, receive any kind of sexual gratification unless that, that 
fetish is being fed in some way, shape, or form. Um, in this particular case, the guy obviously has a lot of stuff going on. He's not all... He's not... <laughs> this is the kind of individual that is actually you're going to have to be careful with for the rest of your life. And you're thinking, well, he didn't hurt anybody or anything like that, but... Yet. He is going to have to... Uh, you know, he, just because you caught him doesn't mean now, well, all of a sudden I can get boners again just from looking at the pretty girls. No. He, and you're, he's going to have to keep ramping up because nothing, nothing ever gets easier with this type of compulsion. It gets more intensified. So am I saying there needs to be a watch list? No. Uh, no, no, no. He might get it on the sex offender list, but I doubt it. Um, but I do think that, you know, a... a Hopefully they get this guy some compulsion control addiction therapy or something. But nevertheless, he needs the, he needs the puppy. He might fuck the puppy. I quickly, quickly rethought saying that, and then I—it was just too late. <laughs> like the damn, damage it was is just done. too late. Like. Please, if anybody is listening to this, don't fucking report me to PETA, okay? Puppies for pedophiles is never going to take off. <laughs> That's going to be our new charity foundation. Puppies for pedos. Sharp Pups for peds. Sh Pups Sh for peds. Sharpays for short eyes. Oh my god. Trade in that diaper for adoption. There you go. <laughs> oh my lord, this is horrible. We're we're bad. No. We're... It's not horrible. It's just shy. And that's why we can still smile about it. We're going to hell. <laughs> I'll see you there. Tell the devil I sent you. <laughs> that being said, folks, that's all we have for episode forty five of the Social Liability Podcast. Thank you for bearing with us through our technical difficulties if you watch us on the live stream. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this on the audio version on all of our platforms, which is quite extensive, uh, you're, you'll be hearing the edited version, so just ignore this. <laughs> that being said, folks, I am the Razgrees with the Buck Rundle, wishing you all a happy and delightful weekend, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>